Hello, and welcome to the How Fitting Podcast, where you get to hear from independent fashion designers and entrepreneurs about how they grow their business, making clothes that fit their customer and values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Magda Lasota Morales of MLM. So welcome to the show, Magda. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Um, yeah, absolutely. So my, my name is Magda Lasota Morales, and I'm the founder and owner of MLM Brand. Um, it's a maternity fashion um, brand for the modern mama. Um, I currently live in Los Angeles with um, my, my husband and our two sons, and we recently moved here from Chicago. Nice. So did you have a background in the fashion industry before you started your brand? Oh, funny, funny you asked that, um, because I actually didn't. My background is in political science, um, survey research, and statistics. Um, oh, wow. However, yeah, so very different. However, I've always been drawn to the creative industries, and I've always loved fashion. I didn't necessarily think that I would end up, you know, working in the fashion industry. Um, but I, you know, I'm so happy that I have. And <clears throat> it's been a wild journey, but I've learned a lot. And I can't wait to see where it's going to take, you know, me and the brand. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So what made you decide to start a fashion brand then? Um, so I think, you know, there were two reasons. Um, I think the main reason was um, when I became a mom, I realized that um, I wanted to have more flexibility and control over my schedule. I wanted to have more time um, with my kids. And working in, you know, survey research, as I have, um, you know, at that time when I had my first son, it didn't leave me a lot of time um, to spend, you know, to, to have it with my son. Um, mm -hmm. So I was trying, you know, right, that we're talking seven years ago, that was seven years ago when I became a mom for the first time. And so I started to think, you know, what can I do to um, have the flexibility in those you know, early years of, um, of motherhood. And um, so I started looking, you know, I, I'm good at a lot of different things. Um, so I started to do my research and I thought maybe, um, you know, I'll, I'll find something that I will feel good enough about um, that maybe I can pursue it as, you know, as a side like project or passion. Um, then, you know, as I was having all these thoughts and I worked in, um, in an office, I was also breastfeeding and pumping my firstborn born child. And, um, you know, again, we're talking seven, you know, seven years ago. So the maternity fashion uh, market was a little bit different than what it is now. Um, and so back then, I had a hard time finding pieces that were versatile enough for me to kind of wear, you know, uh, drop off a daycare and then still, you know, be good for me to wear in the office. And if I needed to like give a presentation or like talk to my boss or, you know, anything like that, that I still look, you know, the way 
I wanted to look and feel confident. Mm -hmm. So that was that was the kind of point where, you know, I was like, let me see, let me do more research. Let me see if maybe this is something I can do. Um, I was very excited. I had a lot of, you know, passion uh, because it, it was coming through my own experience. So I, I, I felt really strongly and passionate about it. Um, and that's, that's how it started. And it took me years to develop the first um, little breastfeeding dress, which is our best seller and a favorite at the moment. But it took me years. I think <laughs> by the time I actually got it to the market, it was... Um, it was mid, um, it was June 2019. So just, just a really long time because again, like I didn't have the experience um, in the fashion industry. I also didn't have the connection. So all of that took, a, um, you know, a very long time. I'm actually, I, every time I think about it, uh, you know, it, it really just touches my heart. Um, you know, how mm -hmm. I, per how I persevered, right. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and it actually, you know, the brand happened and the brand is growing. Uh, and yeah, I think that today I'm, I'm very proud of where we are and I can't wait to see, um, you know, where we go. So it sounds like really almost your career in doing a lot of research and stuff really, kind of crossed over into now you're like, hey, I need to research about maternity fashion. I need to, like, how can I solve this problem that like I'm having to find like, yeah. professional maternity clothes? Um, so what were some of the, and you also mentioned that the maternity fashion um, was different back then than it, than kind of the industry is at the moment. Um, what were some of the things that you were noticing or maybe not finding back then? Um, were, were you initially just looking to find something from another brand that would, you know, fit your needs? Um, yes. Um, yes. I think a little bit of everything. I think that, um, you know, so just to put like a time frame on, you know, the period of time that I'm re referring to, mm -hmm. um, you know, my son was born in 2013. So we're talking about like maternity fashion, um, you know, market in 2014, 2015. Um, so when I, you know, I, I couldn't find brands, um, you know, necessarily here in the United States. I've always been passionate about supporting um, U.S. businesses um, and clothing and products and goods that are made in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't able, there were a couple of brands, you know, big brands sold at Target that, you know, we all had access to, but I wanted something, I wanted something more that I could, um, that I could feel good about purchasing. Um, and I also felt like, you know, I wanted better quality. Um, the mm. thing with the way I shop for, you know, most things that I own that I look for longevity, right? Like if I am going to buy something, I want to wear it uh, many, many times. And typically the way I make my purchasing decision is, will I wear it 10, ten times or more? If the answer is yes, then I will go and I will buy it because I feel like that's you know, definitely justifies, uh, you know, the price and even, mm -hmm. you know, just getting a new thing, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I, I, you know, in 2014 or, you know, end of 2013, I wasn't able to find brands um, in the U.S. There were a couple of uh, brands, as I mentioned, sold at, you know, at stores and, and bigger brands that had their own maternity lines. And there were also a couple of uh, European brands that I, um, that I, you know, I found and I adored. Um, so that was also one of the reasons why I decided to um, start designing my own collection to have the pieces made um, in the US so that customers who come and buy our pieces feel good about the quality of the product that they buy, they know where their clothes are made. Um, and that was important to me to support women in my own community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and back in that, you know, back in 2013, that was Chicago. So I that was very important to me. Cool. Um, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Uh, there was something else I wanted to mention on. Um, no, I think I think I said everything. Yes. <laughs> Um, awesome. So kind of like what, what were your first steps when, like, once you kind of decided I'm going to start this brand, I'm, you know, kind of sketch out my ideas. How, like, where did you, what did you first do mm -hmm. to actually start, you know, developing yes. the collection <laughs> and mm -hmm. starting the brand? Cause I know like, that's a huge barrier for a lot of people, especially without a background in yeah, fashion, right. like you said, of, you know, without the connections and mm -hmm. um, the know-how and the industry, it can be very daunting. So I'm curious, like, what were kind of your first steps of getting that started once you decided you were going to do it? Yes. Yeah. I, I love this question, even though probably the way I'm going to tell this story, it still wants, you know, paint the the picture of how daunting it was. <laughs> uh, but you know, I was I was also very busy at a time I had a full time job I had a child I had a child so it didn't matter to me as much, you know, how quickly I was moving as long as mm -hmm. I was working towards that uh, dream and the goal of mine that I had set out for myself. So um, yes, I think that you know, it for an outsider like myself, that my only connection to fashion was through, you know, Zara or, <laughs> you know, Shopping, um, yeah. yes, I didn't even have, you know, um, like any friends that were like fashion bloggers or, or anyone like that. This was, you know, actually around the same time I joined Instagram and now that I, I've met so many wonderful people including you um, <laughs> you know through Instagram I'm so grateful for that platform but back in you know 2014 I, I didn't really know how to look for these communities mm -hmm. so um, it's very random kind of how I started but it also shows that um, I think a lot of people, you know, start out that way. I had a friend that was, I was introduced to, um, and she was a pattern maker working for another designer in Chicago. And so my first move was reaching out to her and asking, can you point me in the right direction? I had a dress that I um, like to wear to the office that kind of checked off most of the boxes that I wanted to check off mm -hmm. uh, in terms of comfort and versatility. 
um, that I wanted to use as, um, you know, for the first sample, but I wanted to make it in the US and I wanted to make it breastfeeding, pumping and pregnancy friendly. So I can, you know, I reached out to her and I said, hey, is there anyone that you can introduce me to? Hey, can you help me with this project? Mm-hmm. You know, how would we go about, you know, um, doing this? She was, you know, she was a mom of two at that time and she worked full time. So she said, honestly, like I am too busy, but let me see if I can connect you with someone. So mm-hmm. she connected me to the first uh, pattern maker Um, that I started working with and from then from there from that point um, you know I I didn't we we ended up moving on Um, you know the pattern maker ended up having some health problems so I uh, was forced to look for you know someone else I I kind of went through I think two uh, pattern makers because it just didn't work out for one reason or, you know, or another. Um, I worked with, um, with a company that helps brands like mine launch their, you know, get their ideas um, up and running, but then they ended up going out of business. Not really out of, no, not really go out of business. They just decided to, um, to pause that project and pursue some other, um, you know, some other things. So it was a lot of, you know, things like that, that I had no control over. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, as I mentioned, you know, in the, you know, back then, I, I was so busy being a new mom and still having my full time job, like it didn't, you know, um, it didn't bother me uh, so much. Um, so, you know, I think that was part of the reason why it took me so long to launch the first dress, um, because finding the right people to work with, the, the right pattern maker that um, could just really be there by my side um, and guide me through the process and point me in the right direction and give me feedback and teach me about, you know, the design process and answer all of my questions, you know, what does, you know, CB means and, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, things like that. And then also finding the right factory. I think that, you know, um, I have high expectations for everything I do and I have high expectations for, um, you know, for the product that I envision making. I could never sleep well at night if I didn't feel 150% good about what I'm trying to, um, you know, offer to people. So that also took some time. And, you know, switching factories is, is a big hassle. Like it was yeah, a big decision. Like, yeah, because, you know, you, it takes time to establish that relationship. And, you know, thankfully, a lot of that happened um, before the pandemic when I was still able to go to the factory and talk to them in person. I was still in Chicago. So that was a little easier in terms of like, okay, this isn't working out. We're going to move on um, and taking my fabric and everything from there and delivering it to another factory in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, now that we've been in the pandemic for a year, I think that would have been much harder to do. Um, but I felt, I felt like, you know, um, I 
had an expectation. I had a certain um, expectation for the quality of the product. And I did not want to, you know, settle for anything else. And I felt like at some factories, I was able, you know, I was asked to accept something that was unacceptable to me. So then finally, I did find a factory, um, you know, in Chicago, and the quality of their work is just absolutely amazing. And it's been wonderful to work with them. Um, so yes, awesome. <laughs> that's, you know, that's pretty much it. But you know, I think uh, not having the connections at the beginning and not really you know, knowing where to go. And I feel like fashion industry, and you'll probably agree, uh, it's, it's not, it's, it's really, it's kind of secretive. Like, it's not mm-hmm. something that you'll like Google, right? Like, if I am Googling, you know, um, something for my kids, like, you know, Hot Wheels or something, it comes up right up, it comes mm-hmm. right up. Uh, but when it when it comes to you know finding pattern makers or someone to braid your pattern or factories, if you Google like factories in Chicago, I, I don't even know what's gonna come up. But you know probably not yeah. something that will take you anywhere. Um, so that was also part of the challenge. But it's you know it's part of the process. I feel like because I've been persistent and patient and just you know reaching out to people. Um, I was able to move the project forward. Um, you know, could I have done it, you know, quicker, sooner, faster? Probably. But as you, as you also know, it costs a lot of money. And as a bootstrap uh, business, you know, that was also something that I had to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you're definitely like very focused, like you knew what the goal was for your brand and for the yeah. quality you wanted. And you didn't let yourself like get distracted or discouraged by like, this is taking longer than I think it should. Or like, there's these challenges. So like, that's really amazing that you're able to like focus on like the timing doesn't necessarily matter. Like, like the important part is getting it right. And, you know, growing slowly. So that's, that's really great. Um, so in all kind of like switching factories, switching pattern makers, like everything kind of you learned through that process, are there things um, that you learned in that that would have been helpful in hindsight had you known them earlier? Like kind of what were the what were the lessons that you kind of picked up along the way of, you know, would have made it easier mm-hmm. for going forward? Hmm. This is a very good question. Um... I think I definitely learned a lot. I think that I don't know if I would be able to make the decisions, you know, differently mm-hmm. uh, because I just didn't, I just didn't have the knowledge. I honestly, even like receiving my first tag pack, I didn't, I didn't know if it had everything, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was supposed to look like. Now today, you know, I received my, my tag pack for the, current style that we're working on and I already knew what was missing in there uh but it's because I've I've been staring at my other tag packs for years now um Mm -hmm. so I I think that um you know I think that it's it's what I've learned um you know when you're on a journey when when the path 
where the path is not very linear. I think keeping your eyes, um, you know, focused on the goal, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really important. Um, because, you know, a lot of the things that I experienced trying to get this brand off the ground, it, it really, it was unpredictable, right? Someone getting mm -hmm. sick, you know, a factory, you know, not being the right fit when they were asking me to accept a certain quality that I, I knew um, wouldn't let me sleep well mm -hmm. at night. Um, I, you know, this is this, this brand, this project, it feels very personal to me and, um, for better or worse, I think I'm also learning as I go, um, not to take things personally, but it's also, you know, it's like that in, in, in our lives in general. Um, but, you know, I, I want to give it 100%. Um, so I think I would, I would just say that, that just, you know, remembering why you started and why you're doing it and what your end goal is. Um, I, I think that, you know, the lessons, you know, I've learned the lessons, not necessarily, uh, you know, because I wanted to, but it mm -hmm. was part of the part of the experience. And um, now I know um, that, you know, it's probably going to happen again, that there are hiccups and there are turns um, on this journey. And it's important to, um, you know, stay focused, remember why, why I started, but also be flexible, um, you know, with, with my methods and how I'm getting things done. Yeah, and that's great because you're able to kind of apply that mindset with any challenge that comes up, you know, um, not just like a specific thing of like, I'm not going to do that again, but like being able to stay focused and keep your goal in mind yeah. and you know like you mentioned not take things personally um that can apply to so many things that come up in running a business so yes um, absolutely and I think yeah and I think because I didn't have the fashion uh background and the training in uh, like technical training in fashion um I really didn't know what could go wrong right I didn't know like if I was missing something in a tag pack like this is what would happen, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, the colors would get switched or, you know, the label would be sewn on in a wrong spot. Like, I just didn't know any of that until it actually happened. I'm like, oh, well, I guess that needs to be specified. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I just kind of learned that, you know, um, like, on, you know, during, during the whole process. Mm -hmm. Cool. So let's talk about your design. So what were what were your must-haves when you were designing your first um, little breastfeeding dress? Um, oh, I love I love that question. <laughs> um, I you know now that the brand is up and running, I I spend a lot of time thinking about you know um, the qualities of the brand and the values of the brand that I want to stick to, and maybe some uh, that. Um, I could be more flexible with but when I was starting and designing the little breastfeeding dress I knew I wanted um, quality fabric so I think that you know you can find products uh, maternity uh, maternity basics you know at pretty much every store but um, 
I think that the fabric, the quality fabric isn't always there. And knowing the kind of shopper I am, and also knowing that, you know, when you buy a maternity piece, you will only wear it, let's say, let's really stretch it out, right? Let's say like, you're going to wear it for nine months when you're pregnant, which we know it's not necessarily true, because you know, you really don't need anything maternity until you're like six months uh, pregnant or so. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's say nine months of pregnancy, and then you decide to, you know, breastfeed or pump for your child for 12 months, that's really not a long time, you know, to feel like for a lot of, for, for a lot of people to feel like you might need a specialty um, piece, right? Like you could mm-hmm. probably make it work with what you already have in your closet. Um, but knowing that I knew that, um, if, if the mom is going to buy a piece, she's going to wear it over and over again. She's going to be pumping five times a day. She's going to be nursing her child 12 times a day. So that I wanted the fabric that we use for our dresses to be top notch mm-hmm. because I knew she will be wearing it. She will be washing it. She will be drying it. Even though we don't recommend drying, I know sometimes my husband switches things from the washer <laughs> to the dryer and he does not pay attention what's in there. So we wanted the fabric to be able to withstand, um, you know, that test. So that was really important to us. We are, I also wanted the dress to be functional, right? Um, so I think the little breastfeeding dress is, is, perfect for breastfeeding and for pumping so the top panel lifts and the bottom part like pulls down so you can either you know you can either open up one side of your of your breast or both sides for pumping whatever it is that you're doing and um I I would say the last thing that was important to me that the design was versatile uh and I'm actually really really proud of it um because I do think that you can certainly pull it off with heels if you need to wear it in the office you know I I think about my office environment and how Mm -hmm. it was and sometimes we would have you know impromptu um like meetings um or you know my boss would think it would be a good idea to pull me into a meeting and I had just got into the office you know gotten off my bike so it just dropped off my son at daycare and I wanted a dress that would no matter you know what I was wearing, if I was still in my sneakers and a backpack on my back that would make me feel confident and ready to really just continue my professional day. Um, so that kind of versatility uh, was important to me. And I wanted the dress to be long enough so that when I was on that bike, it wasn't riding all the way up to my thighs. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I would say these three things, uh, and I think we, you know, we really, um, you know, have done a good job with that dress. Um, moms love it, and we received wonderful feedback, and we continuously reach out to see if, you know, if anyone has, you know, feedback for improvement, for improvements, etc. But um, so far, so far, it's been, you know, it's been a good um good dress I think of little breastfeeding dress as you know that one maternity piece that every mom should have in her closet um and I think you know we we really done a great job with that awesome 
I'm curious too, like how does, um, like what was the journey? Like you talked a little bit about it, but like developing your first mm -hmm. collection, like was that the only dress design that you would come up with at first or did you like have a whole bunch of ideas and then narrow it down to that one? Or how did you decide like what to initially launch the brand with? What mm -hmm. steps? Yeah, um, so yeah, so um, the original thought was to have this, you know, to launch the brand with the one with the one style. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I, um, I am funding, I am self funding, um, you know, the whole business. So I definitely have limitations there. And that played a role in how I was thinking um, you know, about the collection. Um, and also because, you know, the development process was so long, um, and mm -hmm. it was also very pricey. Um, I wanted to test the market with the dress and see how, uh, if it even, you know, if it even made sense to continue. Um, and, you know, about a year later, after we launched uh, the little breastfeeding dress, um, I was able to, you know, add the new dress, the everyday breastfeeding dress um, to the collection. And we're now working on, um, you know, on a third dress. But I would say that, you know, from like a brand perspective, we're probably moving slowly, um, but it's what feels right to, you know, to us, to me at the moment. And it's really, you know, um, we have some other ideas and I think maybe, you know, in the next few years as we grow, we'll be adding more pieces, but I think the focus, you know, of the brand will always be sustainability and, um, and just, you know, making enough pieces, um, you know, that we can sell as opposed to having inventory you know, sit for months. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, you know, just like kind of with everything we've done up to this point, we're starting slowly and um, slowly and on a small scale and just, you know, expanding when it feels good and as it feels um, comfortable for the brand. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, totally you know, does. Yeah, and it seems like you want to be sustainable in your choices, not only with, you know, making things closer to home and making sure the quality and the, um, you know, labor is fair and all that, but it, mm -hmm. it sounds like you also are being very strategic about um, running the business sustainably and making sure that, um, you know, you use your resources at any given moment, like wisely and fo in a focused manner so that long term, the brand um, is able to grow at a steady pace and stay strong along the way. So I think that's, that's really great. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that I think that um, not that I don't like to take risk, but because, you know, I am still funding the business, um, I have to be very mindful of where and how I um, spend my money. So mm -hmm. for example, I would really love to spend money on um, like digital marketing and PR. I think a lot of brands are doing this and it's, it's important, but at this point, um, we just can't, I just can't afford it. I think I would, 
I prefer to spend it on producing um, a next, you know, the next dress um, mm-hmm. than on, you know, on, on marketing, uh, which I think it's, you know, also very, very important. But as I said, I have to pick and choose how I spend my, how I use my resources. Um, and I think there'll be time, you know, we're a very young brand. We've only been around, you know, for about a year and a half and half of that time has been in a pandemic. So, um, I think that there'll be time for us to, uh, to invest in, in PR and digital marketing, you know, as we grow later, um, you know, later, later, but right now we focus on sustainability and everything that we do. I think, you know, as, Every brand that uh, that launches these days um, should be not really should be must be. I think it's no longer a question of you know um, living sustainable lives isn't just something we should do or it's recommended to do. We absolutely have to do it if we want to preserve our environment and the qualities of life and you know of all the lives on this planet. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's our responsibility not only as individuals and and governments and countries, but also, you know, as brands. And we all know, even if you don't know much about, you know, how um, devastating, the, about the devastating impact of fast fashion, um, I think that pretty much anyone knows that it, it can't be good <laughs> for, mm-hmm. uh, for our planet to be producing um, you know, good at the rate that we are and, and just, you know, um, then throwing out these pieces, um, you know, that then they take like millions of years to, um, you know, to, to recycle, to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, at MLM, it's, um, it's really important to us that, um, our, our, you know, sustainability, sustainability efforts are at the forefront of, you know, what we, what we do and what we stand for. And it's important to us that our customers know, um, you know, the materials that we use to make our dresses, where we make the dresses, who makes our dresses and how. Um, And I also think that, you know, sustainability for a brand is, it's not, it's not only about the natural environment, but it's also about the social impact. So, you know, I think that um, our price point might be a little bit higher, um, you know, than, than a big box store or a big brand. But I think that, um, you know, sometimes, actually most of the time purchasing something that is a little bit more expensive, but but a product that is made, um, you know, sustainably in the fair conditions, um, I think that it's always a better choice and we want to offer that. I think that we were able to um, figure out a really attractive price point for the little breastfeeding dress uh, with the current factory. But it yeah, also- I was gonna took- say like, and for being small batch and sustainable, like your price point is very affordable. Yeah. So we, you know, we, we lower, we lowered it recently. I think the, uh, the lesson that I've learned from the data that I have uh, from the, you know, from the last few months is that yes, sustainability 
ethical methods and fair wages are very important to most of us, but we don't always want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, we, you know, we took a look at the data and um, we, knowing that the little breastfeeding dress is such a good, um, is, is a bestseller, we are able to take the leap and actually, instead of making, you know, 70 pieces or 100 pieces as we have in the past, I think we're going to make, uh, you know, more, maybe mm-hmm. twice as more and twice as much um, or twice as many, excuse me. Um, and that basically allowed us to lower the price point, um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, definitely the more you make the cheaper per unit, it generally is. I'm sure, I'm sure you are familiar with that. So that was also, you know, a big, um, you know, unknown for me when I was going into, um, into the business, I didn't know like hundred pieces of anything. It seems like a lot. I mean, my son just had hundred days of school a couple <laughs> of days ago and hundreds of Cheerios. It's a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know like, okay, hundred dresses. It's, it's a lot, but will it sell? When will it sell? Um, so I, I guess I needed, you know, I needed to see for myself um, how it would be received by uh, by our customers before I could um, commit to making uh, making more. Yeah, that's smart. So I want to back up to how you mentioned you wanted to um, really test the like test the dress in the market and and get feedback from your customers. So um, how did you go about doing that? Like I'm I'm guessing part of that was pre pandemic, but maybe you know. So, some of it or things had to change during the pandemic, but how did you kind of collect that data about, you know, what's important to your customers, how they like the dress, what the, what price would be the right spot? Um, How did you go about gathering that type of information? Well, so I think, you know, being uh, coming from the survey research industry from my previous life, uh, that's on pause right now. I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm skilled at um, surveying people and, and asking questions and coming up with questions that, you know, get the answers. So before we even launched the dress, I surveyed pretty much every, you know, um, mom that I knew in my community in Chicago um, to, to gather, you know, to gather the data. And more, more recently, um, more recently, uh, you know, we had real life data to sort of compare it to. So I think that um, I see that, uh, and, you know, it's probably the kind of person or shopper uh, that I am also, that in, in theory, I, I really want to support small businesses and everything that's made in the U.S. Um, but now I'm learning how much more expensive it is to make it, um, you know, here in, in LA and in Chicago, uh, because if we want to pay fair wages, then we have to pay fair wages that are fair for the United States versus, you know, brands that choose to uh, make their product overseas. So I think that's also, you know, what I'm learning and what I am um, 
you know, what I'm hearing from conversations from, from other business owners um, that I met, you know, from other brands that I met through Instagram that I was connected to and, and had an opportunity to talk with um, and learning, you know, actually most of, most of the brands I, I've talked to choose to make their stuff um, outside of the U.S. for just, you know, for the reasons that I mentioned that it's not sustainable um, for their businesses mm-hmm. to make it in the States. Um, but yeah, just really looking at the data and um, that, you know, I think in theory, we always want to do what's right, uh, but sometimes our wallet isn't uh, necessarily a reflection or not every time uh, of what we can afford, you know, at this point. And I think the pandemic has really been, you know, tough for for most of us. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that data is will always be accurate, but that's all we have. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I had to ask myself, uh, I, I was very curious about this experiment, because at, at some point, as someone who, you know, cares so deeply about the product and really empowering moms to feel their best, uh, you know, postpartum, um, I had to ask myself, is it the product? Is it the price point? Is it a pandemic? Is it something else? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just, and I think that, you know, from having the conversations with, um, with other business owners and, and moms, I think I've, I've learned that perhaps doing an experiment with lowering the price, um, would be worthwhile. And it certainly was, I think that, um, our sales are, you know, up significantly and you know I don't know if it's only the price point we are also growing our email list is growing our you know Instagram community is growing uh mm-hmm. we're also doing other things uh you know at MLM um that you know that help us grow our community um, on our blog, and we started doing um, Instagram takeover. So I think all of these efforts, um, you know, together are certainly um, helping us grow as a brand. Yeah, that's great. And that's a really good point of like trying to isolate what factors are affecting the data. And, mm-hmm. you know, figure in, and, and even I bet you noticed some differences between that initial survey you did and then subsequent surveys of once you know, like who your actual customers are versus just absolutely. like all the moms that you know. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. I bet that's really fascinating to kind of look through that. I'm a big like spreadsheet and data nerd too. So yeah, I would oh, find that like super yeah, interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so so did I. It was it was fun, but you know, but you're right. And also, um, you know, when you ask your friend, "What do you think of this dress?" Would you pay seventy nine dollars? Yeah, your friend would, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but you know, um, I, I don't know if the next mom on the street would, you know. And that's really um, it's really eye opening and, and it's interesting. And you know, I love it. And it, it's part of the process. Like for me. You know, there's so much to learn from everything that you do as a, as a business owner, as a brand owner, 
um, all of it is valuable. Uh, and none of it, you know, is I, I never think of anything I've done as uh, like a waste of time, because there's always a piece of like a nugget of knowledge and wisdom that comes out of it. Um, that just, you know, benefits me and and the brand uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Um, so I'm also curious, how does motherhood influence how you run your business? Uh, well, I think that it's, the business is here, the brand is here because I became a mom. So I think, um, you know, becoming a mom um, gave me the confidence um, and really helped me, you know, find like the strengths and powers that I, um, that were hiding somewhere inside of me and becoming a mom gave me that confidence to say, you know what, let's just see what's going to happen. What's the worst that can happen? I mean, what really is the worst mm-hmm. thing that can happen? Nothing. <laughs> um, you know, worst thing is going to happen that it, you know, it's just not going to work out, but at least I will be able to say that I, you know, I've tried and um, I've tried. So, you know, I think that becoming a mom um, helped me launch this business. I don't know that, you know, if I didn't have my kids, um, I would even find the courage, um, you know, to do it. So, I always try to remember that. Um, and my boys have always been part of part of the business. Um, I am a primary caretaker for them with my husband's very demanding schedule. Um, so I've always I've always had both of them <laughs> mm-hmm. with me. Oftentimes I would bring um, you know them with me to to a factory. I would or I would bring a sitter to wait right outside of the factory. Um, so they were always you know coming with me. And now that my older son is seven and he you know he kind of gets the idea. Oh you know you got to like do some work to make money and he's more interested in that. He's really fascinated. Um, that, you know, like we sell dresses and he sometimes helps me mail the dresses. So I will pack everything. And then I let him like peel off the sticker <laughs> of the, of the mailer and he seals it and he rubs it and he gets so excited. It's like, Oh my gosh, we've never got so many orders. Like, Oh, how many orders are you sending today? Um, <laughs> so he cute. really, ex- yeah, they're, they're just, um, you know, I mean, they've been at home with me all this year. Um, so they really have seen it, um, you know, how, um, and I guess, you know, when you're a little kid, it's really hard for them to understand, like, what I do on my computer, but what they can't see me do, like, pack the orders, or, you know, whenever I get a shipment, it's, um, it's like, two big boxes, they get so excited. <laughs> um, so I think they, you know, they, they've seen me, they've seen me work, uh, you know, work on this project for for a long time I mean ever since Adrian was born so seven years ago um and I don't know I hope it's going to you know benefit them in the future they're going to see that you know that I there's something that um 
that mommy worked on every day, uh, pretty much every day, you know, of, of being a mom, um, alongside of also raising them um, every day. And I think that, um, I don't know, it's important to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it seems like from looking at your blog as well, like, also like fostering a supportive community of other moms is important to the brand. Can you talk more about like that and what, like apart from like the clothing side of things, like what your goal is for kind of the mission of MLM? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, when I had my first son, that was seven years ago, um, I was, I was busy. I was, I still had a full-time job. And then, um, you know, I worked on launching MLM brand on the side. So I was, I was busy. I didn't feel like I felt lonely, but I also felt like that was part of the experience of, of being a mom, mm -hmm. um, in a country where I didn't have my family or my husband, husband's family around to you know, to help me or, or, you know, um, to see on the weekend. But when I became, when I had my second son, which was um, almost four years ago, the lack of um, community really, really, really hit me. It really, um, you know, that was also the time when I decided to quit my corporate job and um, stay at home with uh with my second son and focus 100 of my energies on raising my kids and um and launching the brand so i mm -hmm. think that was the point where i found myself now what i am at home with a little baby and i literally have no one to call um like no other mom that i know is a stay-at-home mom to call mm -hmm. uh, most of the people I worked with in the office were men so of course I won't be calling them and they're also you know at the office working and here I am changing diaper number seven <laughs> um, so that was that was really the point where I started to crave um, the community of you know of moms and um, and you know it took it took a few months I would say maybe even the first year um, that I started to connect with uh, with other moms in uh, my older son's school and at the playground and uh, really connecting, you know, on a personal level and really connecting over, you know, just being moms because we all, every motherhood journey is different and it's unique and um, we as women and mothers are different, but that's what makes us beautiful. And that is what's fascinating to me that, we as mothers have this, you know, one goal of raising good, kind human beings, like the future generation. But we often, you know, just come from such different backgrounds and have such different stories. This was so fascinating to me. And I, to me, it was very uplifting and empowering hearing other moms, like how they do it throughout, how they make it through the day with one, two, three, four, five, seven kids. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether they have a side project, whether they have, you know, a um, housekeeper or not, it was, this was so fascinating to me because I feel like when we share our stories, we can learn so much from, from each other. I mean, I, I've changed the way I do things because someone, someone gave me a tip, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and so I wanted to, when, when we relaunched the website, um, in September of last year, I wanted to find a way to continue to introduce um, those different motherhood stories uh, to our community. I thought it was very powerful and it's seriously, it's my favorite thing to do on a Sunday night when I prepare the Mama Next Door uh, blog featuring, you know, another amazing mom. Mm to read, you know, to read through her answers to our questions. And I think that, you know, seeing the engagement on the posts and the clicks on the website, it really resonates with, with, um, with a lot of other women. And um, it's, it, you know, I, I love it. And it makes me proud that, you know, even if there's one person, one mom that was, you know, the found a piece that resonated with her deeply, it's, it's all worth it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stories can be really, really powerful. And I mean, that's, that's why I do this podcast as well. So thank you for sharing your story. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm sure it will be inspirational to those listening. Uh, so I have one more question that I ask everyone at the end of the interview, which is if you could communicate one value to the world through the clothes you design, what would it be? Um, I would say um, diversity and inclusion. And it kind of speaks to what I was just telling you, Allison, about um, every woman having a different motherhood um, journey and each one of us having a different, you know, mothering style and parenting style. But I think, you know, in the end, no matter who we are and and what we do, um, we deserve to feel our best, especially during postpartum. And um, so diversity and inclusion are very important values for our brand. That's great. This has been such a fun conversation, getting to know more about you and your journey and MLM. Um, Where can people find more about you and MLM online? Thank you so much, Allison. I love that. I, you know, I mentioned that I was like, you know, nervous before because I always, I never know if I, the way I talk about my brand is, you know, is like interesting and good enough uh you know for other people to hear but I'm I yeah, I'm, no, totally I'm really is. I'm really happy to share uh you know my journey and you can find me on you can find me on Instagram um you know the way I run the brand like I oftentimes like poke my face on Instagram so you'll see me there but the website is www.mlmbrand.com and that's what our Instagram is and um, Facebook page as well. So I hope um, I hope to connect with with some of you um, on social. I will link to all that in the show notes. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much, Allison. I really loved it. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Hanis, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.